Hello and welcome to After the Sermon, an Austin Oaks Church podcast where we explore what we've been thinking about since the sermon this past weekend. So we have a wonderful conversation ahead of us today. Hopefully. We are joined by, <laughs> I'm saying it with expectation and hope, uh, we have wonderful Stephanie and Paul with us today. Thank you so much for being here. And Pastor Brandon is here. Hello. And we are just excited to be here. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited to be here with you guys. So we always like to start the podcast with just a little bit of a recap from this past week's sermon. So Pastor Brandon, yep. take it away. It was a, a fun week. Um, that was a little sarcastic, but it, it <laughs> hindsight now, it's one of those things where like, you know, nobody enjoys the Lord's discipline until after the fact. And you're like, oh yeah, look at that, the benefits. Um, we had a certain topic that was selected for this Sunday. And as I was processing two weeks ago, it just it was just hitting me. I was like, I feel like there's a, a, another step before we can start talking about the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given the church and how to use those gifts for the common good. Because I still think like there is a vein of spiritual entitlement where the Lord uses certain scenarios like wildernesses, for instance, to help us to understand the Holy Spirit more, to help us understand the gospel more. And and we, it, like this is where that entitlement part comes from, is like we push back against it so hard. It's like, no, God, why aren't you providing for me the way I want you to provide? And so we looked at the temptation of Jesus in his baptism and then looked at the, the symbolism or the connection to Israel and how immediately after they were both baptized, God led them immediately into the wilderness and just going, why is that? And, and just kind of doing that dive. I really, I'm telling you, I really, really, really wanted to show this video clip of Biff from Back to the Future, oh, it would have been great. <laughs> but I was just like, this would just be like for myself. But it was kind of like, you know, when he comes in early on, I don't know if any, if you guys remember back, to, yes. you know, yes. he comes in, Michael J. Fox, I forgot his name in the movie, but he walks in and Biff is doing that thing, like arguing to his dad, like, why didn't you tell me there were blind spots on your car? This is your fault, you know, and just doing all that stuff. And the reason why I chose not to is because of the line, like, well, who's going to pay for my clothes since I spilt my beer on it? You know, it's like, it's not <laughs> <Yeah>. my fault. <laughs> it's like that, that is, yes, mm -hmm. we want to go, God, why? God, where are you? This is you. You're doing this. You're doing this. And instead of the Lord going, I need you to see your hunger. I need you to see your thirst and to help me help you go mm -hmm. to where the water is, for lack mm -hmm. of better words. So. Could you talk a little bit about the Hosea passage and yeah. kind of how God used that? Because I thought that was a really meaningful. Yeah, Hosea um, one and two. It's you know I just encourage the listeners just to go read it real quick. But long story short, God tells the prophet Hosea to go mar marry a, a woman named Gomer, who's a prostitute. They get married. She ends up leaving him and having an adultery with multiple men. And she's trying to find her way. But then God tells Hosea, go get her back, go buy her back, which is like just adding insult to injury in mm -hmm. there. But it was it's a symbolic picture of us or Israel and God and how Israel commits adultery and, and how God is thwarting her past to go after her lovers. And then he says, it's like, and then I'm going to woo her into the wilderness 
I'm going to speak gently to her or tenderly to her in that spot. And, and it's just this beautiful picture of like, that is one aspect of the wilderness where God's going to be like, hey, I'm, I'm blocking this. I need you to see this. I want our relationship restored. But there are other times too where the wilderness is like, you're going to have to reap what you sow, mm-hmm. you know? And, but it was, it's just, it's not how we think, mm-hmm. you know, we're always like, what did I do wrong? God, where are you? And all these things, which is natural human behavior, which is important. Adam and Eve did it right mm-hmm. away in the beginning. And so it's just like, okay. And that's why I, I felt stuck only to hit that one temptation, not mm-hmm. the other two right. from Jesus was just like, the wilderness primarily is always going to help us identify who we are and how we see God always. Yeah. yeah. So I'd love to hear from you and Stephanie and Paul, what stood out from the sermon? For me, um, I know we're talking about water creeping in and getting ankle deep. And I think the context for me personally, I see, it's, it's almost like a flood. Like you're, you're kind of standing maybe in your basement. Like I don't have a basement, but it, mm-hmm. I kind of wish I did. So no, I could you really store don't some stuff in there. Really <laughs> you know, as two people from the Midwest, right, we're right. like, oh, so basement. Three. Um, oh, three. Yeah. I like to think, okay, you know how water kind of seeps in a basement? And that's mm. a bad thing. But then, you know, we're talking as a church in a context of we want the water to seep in as a good thing. You know, we want to see change and we want to see the water rise. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, that's hard because I I tend to be a glass half empty kind of girl. Yeah, I would agree. I'm the same way. Yeah, I, I think about the water concept in three different ways, you know, and it's the it's refreshing and it is. It's, well, it's renewal, it's refreshing, right? And then you have uh, the erosion aspect of it, right? You know, f- often don't mm-hmm. think about that, but maybe it's taking away the old stale, the old, then making way for the new instead of, okay, this is the life-giving, the third one. This is coming in and giving you new life. So I, I, I found myself thinking about those three aspects of it and going, okay, I reflect on what's happened in my past, my deserts, and when the water came in, was it eroding or mm. was it feeding me what, or was it doing all three at the same time? Mm. I also think of the analogy of, um, you know, controlling the water. Cause I think as people, we want to control that where we're like, okay, well, let me hang on to this. And I want the control of this. And I can't help but think of the analogy of the guy, the flex seal guy, you know, he's got that big tub of water and he walks up and he slaps that big thing of, Flex seal, whatever that sticky stuff is on it. Dude, I <laughs> so try to use that for real. Yeah, like, like we had a leak in our chimney. Yeah, I took it. I just Flex used seal. the whole stinking Do thing. It. I was like, yeah. you will not leak no more. <laughs> Get, let me get the spray can. You know, so yes, as totally. people, we're like. I'm not ready to receive mm-hmm. all of this God's blessing thing. So let me get this flex seal tape, and I'm going to slap it on here, make a boat, or whatever you're going to do, and. I really believe that that's a big, huge part of mm. our control as a society. Yeah. We we can't just sit back and be quiet and let God speak to us and accept these blessings that are coming in that are, the you know, the water. Yeah, it makes me think of that there's certain areas where we want the water to touch. Mm-hmm. And we're like, God, you can look yep. at the, you can yep. fix this area, fix these areas of my life, but don't 
touch these. Yeah. These are good. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's go. I'm attached to this. Yeah. I, like I don't this. like I'm the, comfortable yeah, with don't this. mess with yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, that erosion sure. piece. It's like, that's been there and it's getting a little stale now. It's time for that to change. And we don't always want to let go of that. Paul, I'm curious if there is a specific story mm-hmm. or a wilderness or a desert moment that comes to mind when you were talking about those water scenarios yeah, and if you'd be willing to share. and hard. Yeah. Um, well, we've got a story. Make me cry. The dirt. <laughs> I've got a couple of stories. Mm-hmm. but uh, one How much that, time have we got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one Steph and I went through together early in our marriage. And uh, I can just wander off on this story. There's so many facets to it, but I'll try to keep it short. And... We had invested as silent partners into some property. Hmm. And uh, shortly thereafter, we found out the person who was in charge of this was really kind of a crooked guy Hmm. and doing substandard work and absconding with some of the money. Some of it was disappearing, didn't want to be accountable to any of the investors. Different investors were coming in we didn't even know about. And it's like, that's a violation. And it's all sorts of things were going on. And we finally stepped in and said, you know, something's got to change here. So we were having meetings with this guy and turned out to be a complete narcissist. I mean, if you look up the clinical definition, mm-hmm. that's what this guy was, the way he behaved. I'm the greatest thing ever. Nobody can do it as good as me. And it's like, he, he's actually vocalizing this stuff. So we're like, ooh, we're in trouble here. We got we to gotta get out of this somehow. So a lot of court dealings, um, a lot of meetings with the other investors, getting everybody aware of each other and what was happening and I got a phone call one day. Well, actually, let me back up. This guy was also sleeping with three of the female investors. Oh, my goodness. And had a child with one of them. And she ended up living with him but never got married. Um, child was about, I guess he was about a year and a half old, I think. And uh, got a call one day that uh, they had been arguing. And there was, the police had been out to the property like they had been many times. And they went out, and she had hung herself in one of our cabins Mm. and took her own life with an 18-year-old child and left it with this narcissistic man who didn't want anything to do with this child. The baby. The The 18-month-old, yeah. So we just said, man, we have got to, we got to get out of this. And at the time, we weren't being very godly. We weren't attending church, and we had moved away from God, and I went into this whole investment thing without God. And that was a turning point for us. We just said, We've made a huge mistake here. And, uh, of course, we did all the legal stuff, and it took about four years to wrap this thing up and get out of it. And Mm. it almost drove us to divorce at that point. Mm. And we were seriously talking about that may be an option because the stress was so high. You know, and there was a death. I mean, someone committed suicide on our property, and one of our friends, one of our investors, and, yeah, he wanted to go dark, and that got Mm. pretty dark pretty quick. And, uh it was a hard time in our life, and we we managed to we managed to rally, and then we went into a second property investment that wasn't nearly as bad. But <laughs> but to anyway, wrap yeah. that up, you know, the desert, I think that's what really kind of brought us back to God. Yeah, we started thinking, you know, instead of this church hopping, it's like we need to find a church home mm. and really get invested and get plugged back in with God and start listening to Him and say, you know, repent and say, we sorry, we entered this, we mm-hmm. did this for our own personal greed, you know, hey great investment we're going to make some money we'll put it away for our retirement and this will be wonderful and completely wrong attitude. Mm. so yeah. God creeping back yeah into thank our you lives. Yeah. And yeah forgive me for my <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know what you were gonna he get did I, I had no he idea. did not know what that story was I, yeah. as you're going i'm going yeah. i feel really 
bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I am curious. I feel like sometimes you don't know you were in the wilderness until you're on the other end of it. You're like, oh, yeah, that was a wilderness moment. Was there a time when you're like, oh, no, we're we're in the wilderness. Was there a moment where you felt it or is it more looking back on the story? Oh, yeah, we definitely felt it. Yeah, we were we were fighting with each other. We were there was an episode where we happened to be on the property. This this guy was not allowed to be on the property with us, and we were on a separate part of the property. And he was throwing rocks at us, and like like he was threatening to kill us. And yeah, it was a whole thing. Like he was he was legit crazy. Yeah, walking oh right up to the yeah. edge of the property, the property next door, yeah. and standing there and screaming wow. at us. And I actually had a pistol in the car with me just in case, just as a ultimate defense like okay if something really goes bad here yeah. nothing's gonna happen to her yeah you know? he, right. he's very yeah. unhinged yeah, yeah. Mm. curious so. to know like since you guys returned back to the lord and, and it was just the thought i'm curious to hear how it landed with you all like you know agree but don't like or i agree and i'm thankful for or like no <laughs> you know the thought of god intentionally mm-hmm. leading us mm-hmm. into the wilderness mm. And it, it more than once, you know, mm-hmm. like how did that sit with you when you heard that and chewing on that? Like sometimes the best thing is for God to lead you into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. You know, I was raised Catholic and left the church when I, you know, went out on my own. And I, I look at that and it, it resonated right away that this is what God needed me to do. You know, mm-hmm. it was painful. It was awful. And what happened to this woman was terrible. You know, and her family. And I met her family who came into town afterwards asking questions. And it, there was a lot of time to reflect on that and say, man, this, how did we do this? How did we go down this wrong path without him, you know, guiding us and, and caring for us and showing us the proper way? Mm. You know, I think he probably would have told us not to do it if we were <laughs> truly plugged in and said, something's wrong with this guy. Let's not give him any money and move forward. But, mm. yeah, I, I was thankful. And I think it became very clear. And that was, yeah, that was probably the worst desert I think I've been in. Mm-hmm. Or we went through together. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, yeah, it was. Um, I was waking up and telling her in the morning sometimes I would wake up and I said I had that dream again of physically harming this guy. Mm. And that's when I really started praying, like, I do not want to be that person. I do not want to yeah. be that person. Do not let me be this person. I don't want these thoughts. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to act on this. And. That's when I knew we were we were really in trouble. In were there oasis moments, or was there a moment when it you started to sense a shift or a, a turning back towards one another and towards? Did you see? Did you witness some of that stream in the desert moment or provision? I think um, initially we went into it as a united front, mm. and then we started infighting with one another started talking divorce and just like hating each other for you you know you made this decision Mm -hmm. to invest this money in this property thing you're always out there you're you know when you start to to blame each other you know for that you're not supporting me um and I think honestly once you then we started coming back together once I started to see the anguish that Paul was going through and then we just we got better. I mean, we got better and we got through it. And then the oasis came like, okay, there's finally this person that's coming to buy this property. And 
we can just mm. offload it. And we did. We we ejected it from our lives and then we were you know, we, we got better. And it's really easy to get on the, the back side of that and be like, Oh yeah, we kinda remember that and then you, you you start to go back down the jacked up trail you were on before mm-hmm. of oh yeah well you know we're not going to trust God in this and we're going to we're going to do this on our own and we're both very stubborn mm-hmm. both of us are very stubborn and our offspring is very stubborn <laughs> too so anyway so um yeah and then we start to work on doing things our, in our own way again mm-hmm. it know. makes me think of the israelites right like mm-hmm. when they started wandering off yeah. and then they're in the thick of it and there's like, you can, inev- you can hear the blame oh, yeah. of like, and blaming yeah. God and yeah. co- turning against each other and probably the marital fights that took yeah. place, right? With yeah. the families and the kids yeah. complaining, mom and dad, where'd you take it? Yeah. So I was thinking about Brandon when you're like, this makes me so mad that it just was supposed to take yeah. 11 days <laughs> and it took... Two years. Two years for some, right? And then... For all at that point. Because yeah. that was the the journey. A lot of it was camped out at Mount Sinai. And then they slowly did this. Yeah. And then right there at the hills, spies go back. Nope, let's not go. Another 38. Yeah. You know, it's just like, Lord, 11. 11 days. We could have <laughs> gotten there so much sooner, you know. <laughs> And so it's just that process of like, man, why, Lord, why do you do that? Right. Like, really, why do you, why do you do that? It's like, is he good only in the oasis or is he good in the desert? Does God really know Mm -hmm. what he's doing? And that's why like Deuteronomy 8 was always like this, like, oh my goodness, he led you into the wilderness to test you, causing you to hunger. He humbled you by causing you to hunger and the thirst, you know, to see what was in your heart and what would you do? So it's like, that's what ultimately matters to the Lord. And that's where I was like the whole entitlement part is like, we would rather mm-hmm. have the, what, what the Lord can give yeah. instead of the Lord. And that's where the wilderness actually starts to break that, you know, or it solidifies it. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's not always going to come out right. the right way. Right. So it's like that part. And, I was going to ask this question, like, maybe this is a little too personal, you know? Um, <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows our junk. It's fine. But it, it's like, it, like it, there was that part when, in the study where I, I was like, this is really crazy, where they were saying to Moses, in effect to God, we would rather have died in Egypt. Like, they were, like, envious of the soldiers who died in the Red Sea mm-hmm. than be here, mm-hmm. y- you know? And it's just like... It, it, what and they anytime they grumbled and looked back, what they were saying to God was ultimately like, "We would rather have Pharaoh as our father than you." Mm-hmm. Amazing. You, you know, so I'm like I'm just going like, if you're open to it, like just sharing in those moments where it's like you you've seen God's blessings before mm-hmm. in your life, but then because of the present wilderness that you may be in, you're just like, "What this?" And mm-hmm. then being tempted to go, it was better back there yeah you know like what is have you had a a season like that a moment like that you know recently or not i tease her all the time about i was a rich guy before we got married (laughs) (laughs) can we go back there no (laughs) just totally kidding here we go folks we're gonna need to take a break we're gonna take a commercial break so this is now turned into marriage counseling (laughs) yes (laughs) 
I'm struggling with that question, really. Mm. I don't know if it's I okay. To that, yeah. It, it's a bit of a surprise, big. It's fine. You yeah. know, honestly, um, I'm a slow learner, and I have a hard head. And uh, one of my dad's favorite sayings was, um, "If you're going to be stupid, you've got to be tough." And uh, mm. he he said it a lot. And mm. I have a tendency to keep going around the same mountain because I don't listen the first time. I'm not obedient. And I'm incredibly hard-headed, as my husband will tell you. So a lot of people will probably tell you that if you ask them. Um, and I think that's what's hard yeah. is, is receiving that and being obedient. That's, that's, like, uh, that's probably the hardest thing for me. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, there's, there's moments where the looking back is almost more of like, God, I remember when I was first walking with you and it was this, like pointing back mm -hmm. to those moments, mm -hmm. you know, but it's just like, do you always want to be a toddler? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like mm -hmm. there's those moments. And I think there's even sometimes where it's just like the temptation, like just intrusive thinking or whatever, where you go, seems like a lot be a lot easier to not follow Jesus, right. mm -hmm. you know, which at some levels kind of, true in terms of like just instant gratification and all that but it's just weird some of those that thoughts that get in there and like for me with like the egypt metaphor which is so prevalent in yeah. like the old testament is like relying on on egypt relying on the ways of the world or the strategies of egypt without seeking the lord I, like isaiah 30 is real clear like you went to egypt without even asking me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and and it's going to bite you in the in the rear at mm -hmm. the end you know and it's just like oh yeah i do that a yeah. lot i'll go i think you know even now like being older and got to invest and plan ahead for the kids and this i'm not even going to ask the lord i just know what's best i'm just mm -hmm. going to do it right. you know and it's just like why why do do i do that you know and mm -hmm. it's just like so there's those parts where maybe you are relying on some of those other aspects but it's a toughie the the thing that hit me the most in this whole build up to the sermon was just the question of identity mm -hmm. that was that was the one that was really hard like i believe yes god loves me but then why does that all of a sudden go under fire in those moments mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you know this is my son i am well pleased you know and it's just like he's my beloved if you are the son of god like it was like you you prove it yourself you know but also like if you are then why is it, why is this happening to you like does he not care that's why it's like this mm -hmm. who is god and who are you in the midst of it so it's like man guilty is charged when i'm in the wilderness i struggle with believing that god is good like right. yeah. like god loves me he loves everybody else totally good Yep, he loves you, he's with you, he's faithful to you, to me, because I'm so arrogant and I think I'm really special. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. he's no longer good to me, yeah. right? It's just yeah. like, well, that's kind of sick. But it's like, I really wrestle with that. And then when the good comes, then you're like, oh, yeah, he's good again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, really? Yeah. I think every men's group I've ever been in, we always refer to iron sharpening iron. And... You know, listening to these sermons that you give on Sunday just makes me think about that honing 
but God's honing us little by little. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's taking the rough edges off in some areas, and maybe it's like a sword where he's putting a sharp edge on there and getting ready for battle with something mm-hmm. that's coming. So being through a number of deserts, I, I, I guess at this age, I look at it as, okay, I'm being prepared. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. This mm-hmm. is not fun. But trusting in the Lord and saying, okay, you're preparing me. I got to learn a lesson here. I'm supposed to be seeing something. And that becomes part of my daily prayer. It's, mm-hmm. you know, empty this vessel and show me what it is you want me to see. You know, give me the people in my life that I need to, that need to hear me or I need to hear from them. Bring that person to me who's going to deliver that one simple message. And it might be somebody standing in a grocery line, mm-hmm. just some stranger. And you just have a two minute conversation and they some, say something so profound that you carry that forward later and go, God brought that person right yeah. at the right time to deliver that message. Yeah. And so I, I try to look at it that way. And instead of, you know, I reflect a lot on my past and the mistakes I've made, all the mistakes I've made. And, okay, what have I learned and what has God been showing me? And try to keep it all pieced together into a story. But, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to approach it is, okay, you're molding me. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to be malleable here. And I don't like it, Lord. And, you know, give me the strength to get through this. Yeah. I think one of the most faith-building moments for me was when I could sincerely say, like from an authentic place, I wouldn't trade it. Mm-hmm. That What that produced in me, what God did in me, I it would have been nice if it could have happened another way or I could have just downloaded that message and all of a sudden my heart was changed and my mind was changed and I didn't have to go through that but when I could say from a sincere place not from a forced place or I should say this place but I genuinely would not trade that for the world because of what I am free from now from what I see clearly now my relationship my marriage like these things are in a different place because of that it builds your faith. And I didn't really, I heard someone early on in my faith journey say, when, until you have your own faith stories like that, listen to other people's stories, hear people's uh, journeys. And I think that did help me hearing about other people's journey through wilderness moments and making it on the other side. Cause I always had this hard part of saying that God's good in those moments. Like, or when people would say that flippantly and they just went through something or they were going through. And it was that comfort of, I believe it's Psalm 26 that says, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that was like an anchor point for me. And in the sense that I would call it good, not just God's calling it good for me. Like a parent, like this is good for you. Eat your broccoli. But like, <laughs> like I'll call it good because of, and I can say that now kind of attached to that this was this was good for me this was hard I would not I don't want to go back I don't want to do that again but it was good for me yeah it it changes the definition of the word good and I think that's where we need to be we need to be accountable to the Lord and we need to accept those times in our lives and be like yeah you know I I lived through that we all lived through that our marriage survived that our we're getting to a higher place. We I, are. I like to think. Yeah. You know, I am curious. That. Sorry to interrupt. I'm so curious. When you were in the thick of it, sometimes it's really hard for people to say, like, this is going to be for your good. 
right? Like it's can be maddening actually, yes. right? It can be like the worst thing people could say. It's like yes. the Job moments yeah. where you're like, just don't, I don't know if that's helpful. <laughs> so were there things though that were helpful? Were there people? Were there, again, kind of those oasis, but like through people, through words that were helpful or harmful? Oh yeah. I think going through my example I gave, there was a number of people that I came across other business owners that we owed money to who just simply forgave it and said, ah, that was two mm. years ago, you know, that's been forgiven. It's off my books. Don't worry about it. And what a relief that was. What a little thing, you mm. know, it was just money, right? But here I was running around trying to think, oh, I got to pay back all these people when I, we got put in charge of this investment. And it's like, okay, here's three years worth of stuff that we owe people, all these old bills. And so many of them were so forgiving and just saying, don't worry mm. about it. We wrote it off as a business expense. Don't worry. And, you know, that's one small way. But the inspiration from other folks who would hear the story and go, I'm so sorry for you, and can mm. I pray for you? Mm. I'm like, wow, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll take that <laughs> every day. And it just seems like we it was peppered with people along the way. And, I think, and it took us back to the relationship, right? Life is about relationships. And we, we need those through Christ, through our church community, through everything. And without that, you, you can't do anything alone, right? And that I think that was the aha moment of looking back going, I left God behind, and I left a lot of relationship behind too. And hmm. so I'm going to go in and do this, and we're going to straighten this out and straighten this guy out. And it's like, no, no, I wasn't. Not without God, I wasn't. Hmm. You guys are cute. <laughs> if only if only y'all saw what Could we just saw. What we saw. Uh, <laughs> Nonverbal speak loud. They love each other. We do. <laughs> we do very much. <laughs> I do think there is something about the wilderness though that does make you feel really alone. And I think that's even I think when you think about Jesus's temptation, you know, the, the just the loneliness and the isolating how isolating a wilderness can feel. And um, so when you said that, I can think back on my own journey of the sp strategic people God placed in my story mm -hmm. to, be, to be able to say the right thing, to be able to just journey with. And then the people who are really unhelpful yeah. <laughs> that almost drove me deeper into the wilderness. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. What about you, Brandon? Is there anyone that, anything that comes to mind as far as wilderness provision moments depends on the rationale for for the <laughs> wilderness um i actually come to discover when when the lord tends to lead me into the wilderness it really becomes an intentional time of isolation mm -hmm. because i'm so busy that like that moment of being alone is the part where the Lord's like, S mm. you need to stop. Like, because like what I, I was going to share this. I, did, I just didn't. It's like the wilderness causes us to really experience kind of like two things. Like one, we realize, wow, I'm actually naked before the mm -hmm. Lord. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of that leads us to want to hide. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, especially with identity, it's like, I'm this and this and this. And so like, that's why the Lord oftentimes causes me to be more alone in that moment because it's like it's so easy for me to do that mm. but towards the tail end after that that time of wrestling is usually when like you know 
it'll start to surface in other ways of like relating with my best bud up north, processing it with my wife, processing it through the way I was raised, you know, and it's just like even, I mean, obviously church community is, is great, but it's also kind of a given since this is what I do for a living. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's there, which actually adds a unique complexity mm-hmm. to being a pastor. It's just like, ah, right. I'm struggling, but I'm supposed to be the example. Yeah. And, you know, so there's the reverse mm-hmm. complexity of like, let me actually withdraw from community in that. But um, there's so many different things. But it's like, I want to get to the place. Like, this is where I walked out. I was like, man, I want this. Like, to do what Jesus did obviously, to not question the Father's love, to not question the Father's provision, Mm -hmm. to not even question the purpose for the leading into the wilderness. Like, he's like, God led me in here from fasting, so he knows I don't need to take matters into my own hands. I'll trust him. You know, like, none of that. It's like how easy it is for me to go into it and immediately start to bite nibble at the the bait in the water as it were mm-hmm. to be like oh, yeah maybe he isn't i mean right. this is like satan's tactic yeah. like did he do adam and eve like did god really say mm-hmm. that, that you can't well well once you start to go there you're like nibble yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. did he? And, and, it, and so it's just like man i i want to get to a place where i am like so secure and without doubt of the father's love towards me and out of that love, his goodness, his provision, and, you know, just be like, yeah, and be like, I'm sorry, now I'm, like, preaching a little too much. Like, Philippians 4, where Paul can say, I've learned a secret, you know, like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens yeah. me. Then he's talking about money, you know, like, in little or in plenty. Mm. It's like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what, what scenario. Like, I've learned that, you know, so I'm like... Okay, Lord, I want to get to that place that no matter what happens, I can go. I because of you, I can do this. Yeah, you know, I can yeah. walk through this and and discover more of your affections for me, even in the midst of that. So, hmm. yeah, that makes me think of uh, "It Is Good with My Soul." Mm-hmm. The guy who wrote that and the story behind that about just being wiped out, his family, and being able to sit there and praise God and say. That's still good in my soul. Yeah. What a powerful, powerful thing that is. That always moves me to tears when I think about that. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to get to that place. I want to be that guy. Right? Yeah. Becky, did you like, because you were a worship leader in college, <laughs> back kind of in the era that I was too. Like Matt Redman song, Blessed Be Your Name. Like that was such a like rally. Yeah, it was. Y- y- you know, and like people would get so excited, like, you know, I'm not going to sing it. I, just, okay. you know, I was going to say, come on, come and now. Your name <laughs> Miranda Ziski's debut. Of I mean, it's just like, it, it's, a, it. it's a joyful song, yeah. but the lyric is like bold and courageous. And so it's like, you know, when they get into, you give it, like people start like going crazy and you're just like, wait a second. Do you know what you're shouting? Yes. Like, right. Go yeah. ahead. Take it away, God. Yeah. I'll choose this. Like, but like using it as a proclamation of faith, like that's beautiful, yeah. but it's, it's, it's just like, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a risky thing to be willing and open-handed in prayer. And I was even thinking about how do you, 
of course, there's these really significant wilderness moments, and it gives us language to define, like, yeah, that was a wilderness moment. That was a, but also what the almost the reverse of like, is there a, a place that I can, on a more of a daily basis, go into a wilderness, quote, quote, where I can just say, God, test my heart. It's just you search my heart, bring those things to the surface, like doing that and like almost like willingly, uh, Jesus did, right? Like Jesus went away and so it's, there's that invitation of like, this can be more of a daily thing, right? And it's a different kind of wilderness moment. It's a different kind of realigning than these huge moments in our story. So there's both, but it would just made me think of that. Like, is there a way to kind of build in a wilderness rhythm of our spiritual life? Like get ready for the wilderness in yeah. our lives in the daily? I don't want it daily. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really don't want it daily. I, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think I'm not even going to entertain no, thank you. that question. No, but that's no. going to be a hard no. Um, but you know what? The Lord is like, yeah, guess what? Guess what, lady? <laughs> Just wait. It's coming. Yeah, I got surprises for you. <laughs> well, on the flip side, though, the wilderness, like, obviously, we're talking more in the, yeah. the negative in the present, the positive after the fact. But, like, there are wilderness examples in Scripture where it's actually an intentional place to go for blessing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's just like turning it into a spring, you know, type yeah. of piece. So, like, there is, like, I, th- I immediately start thinking solitude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whoa, you know, when you have to, like, <laughs> s- be still and process thoughts, emotions, listening to the spirit in areas where he maybe yeah. wants to heal, like, that's why I love to be busy. I don't think people, as, as people... In the day-to-day world, we don't get in the wilderness. We don't, like, Mm -hmm. physically get in the wilderness, on a trail, in the woods somewhere, by a lake, you know, somewhere where it's really quiet, where your ears are almost ringing, Mm -hmm. and where you are being spoken to by the Lord, and you're overtaken with just the, the beauty of where you're at. And, you know, Paul goes hunting a lot, and he, you know, sitting in a tree stand and doing his thing, and... You know, we we enjoy being outdoors as a family, and I just I just think that that's a beautiful part of it. That's mm-hmm. a really yeah. Beautiful I, time. I actually look forward to those times to be alone and be out in the wilderness or the woods, if you will. And growing up in Wisconsin, like you, <laughs> and yeah, my brother has huge property up there. I go bow hunting up there every year, and where uh, it's across from the Twin Cities, about an hour south, a little town town called Alma. Right I know Alma. Yeah, he lives totally you know, just outside Alma, about 400 yeah. acres there. So wow. it's just he and I on 400 Beautiful. acres, and it's all wooded, sitting out there for a week, basically, and getting to enjoy my favorite brother. But during the day, we're separate, and we have radios where we can contact each other. But you spend pretty much almost the whole day by yourself and just getting at one and listening and watching wilderness and the animals come in and out. And it's, it's such a peaceful place. And it, it recharges my batteries. That's why, you know, I realize I'm an introvert in that aspect. That mm-hmm. I need that. That's how mm-hmm. I recharge my batteries. I don't go to a party and socialize with 100 people I don't know and go, yeah, that was great. I'm the complete opposite. I'm the guy mm-hmm. who sits in the corner and talks to one or two people. But uh, but that's just me. I recognize that about my personality. But Yeah, but God is, God is good at those times. It's just 
being able to commune and meditate and pray. And lately I've gotten into habit. I get up about 5.30 and usually go walk with the dogs. And I usually walk for about an hour, hour and a half. And it's still dark out. There's almost nobody out there, occasional runner or something I run into. But having that time alone mm-hmm. is just really changes my day. Just to, to listen and pray and say, okay, you know, again, I'm that vessel. Just empty me out of all the things at work I'm worried about doing today. And just what do I need to be doing for you today? Mm-hmm. You know, and bring those people into my life and try to start my day each day. And that, that, that's so helpful, I think, in setting a tone. And don't you think it's so rare? I mean, I think it's getting more and more rare unless you choose it. I think it's interesting because we're more interruptible like we've got media we've got phones on our Mm -hmm. we've got computers on our wrists we've got it's constant constant stimulation constant noise right Mm -hmm. and quiet can be actually very scary and hard for people and then I see this movement of young adults like the tiny homes Mm -hmm. and the campers and the like getting rid of their smartphones there's a movement of like getting back to it because like we're such we're we're human beings right that's just we they're so done with that so I think that's fascinating but so was being quiet always easy for you as an introvert like was that always peaceful for you yes okay so what would what would that mean then for you to what is the wilderness for you then what is the challenge for you to in the identity or in the testing or in the what does that look like for an introvert that's like, I'm great in the wilderness. I'll be here forever. <laughs> like, I don't need to. I think it's the disharmony, like, say, with Stephanie mm. or with my son or, you know, being distant from my family emotionally, even though physically they're a long ways away. But knowing there's a break, there's conflict, that mm. type of desert where, you know, I, I don't have that support system. I don't have harmony in my life. Mm. okay, we're short on funds, we're, you know, someone's sick in a family that I'm worried about, and it's those types of things where I, I feel like that would be my desert, mm. right? Or it's I have the discord in the, in the chaos. Yeah. Mm. That's honestly, because when there's, when there's a tornado in our house happening and we're going a hundred different directions as a couple and as a family and we're not centered in the Lord and we're not centered as a couple and um, we're it's backbiting and there's arguing and there's just craziness that for us is the desert. And yeah. I mean, and it's a very minor desert in the grand scheme. Um, you know, we've, it, it's not that monumental, like, Oh my gosh, you know, when I was a teenager or in my twenties when I was hosing up my life so bad and, you know, it's not that desert, but it's it's the daily desert. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So I'm curious. We kind of end the podcast with these two questions. So, what do you feel like is the invitation for you personally out of what we talked about and out of the Sunday sermon? Hmm. You want to go first? I I was just gonna say. I guess what I'm getting out of that is the the reflection is a big piece reflecting on what exactly is the desert for me, like you had just asked, and the different deserts I saw myself going through, and just reevaluating that and go, okay, what is, what is going to happen in the future? I can't control. That's up to God. I have to relinquish that to God. And again, I go back to, okay, whatever you have in store for me, that's, 
that is my lot. Mm. That That is what I will deal with. And I have to love and trust you that you're taking me the right direction, right? Um, yeah, this whole concept of water, I have some questions about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's such a strong theme throughout our life. And, uh, you know, I, it, it, our bodies are 70% of water. Is that a coincidence? No, mm. I don't think so. Mm. You go back to Genesis and... Maybe this is the one of the questions I have, one of my nerdy questions, but... Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, in the beginning, you know, God talks about, okay, there, there was nothing. There was a void. There was darkness. You know, there was nothing of the world. It was, you know, there was no form. But where was the Holy Spirit during that time? It was hovering over the waters. Mm-hmm. So is, is the water part of the earth? Is it earthly or is it part of God? And I tend to think, you know, that, that's... I think it's part of God. So when we talk about these dreams entering our lives, that, that is God coming in. That's part of him entering in and doing that erosion and refreshing and revitalizing our lives. So I don't know. So there wasn't That's a, a question. Well, I, <laughs> well <laughs> comment. Do you have a comment, <laughs> Pastor Brandon? Pastor. <laughs> Am I off base That's here? Good, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those nerdy questions I have for God when I get there and go, is this what you meant by this? Yeah, <laughs> well... The water has multiple metaphors in there. So it's like the Genesis part is like the hovering over the seas. Mm -hmm. And that is really the heartbeat in the sea is a metaphor for evil or chaos. You know, so it's like that. Then you go to Revelation and towards the end, it says, and the sea will be no more. You know, it's like he's ruling over the chaos, the sea, you know. So like, um, yeah, so that's. The sea water image is oftentimes related to evil, chaos, turmoil, conflict, that kind of thing. Okay. So, Got it. so that was the idea. It was just like he's hovering over the chaos mm-hmm. in, in that point, and he has dominion over, right? Kind of thing. Mm. Makes sense. So and he is hovering over that. the chaos. Yes, I mean <laughs> ultimately. But God is hovering over the chaos. Well, just to nerd out a little bit more, you go into Revelation 4, and it says before the throne, it it was like the sea was like glass Mm -hmm. before the throne. So that's the Mm. idea that the sea is no longer in chaos. It's calm. Like Jesus walking on the water and then speaking to the... That was just a prophetic... A picture of his authority because it's it's calm it's yeah. glass mm. so it's it's a beautiful imagery and yeah. even a beautiful image of unparalleled to like salvation right of like our own beings yeah. being chaos and mm-hmm. dark and <laughs> being brought to life and calm and all of that there's so much beautiful imagery there i love that what about you stephanie what is god inviting me into i think Going into the wilderness daily. Oh, yeah. He's like, come on over here. I, I heard, I, I saw the, the invitation <laughs> today. Y'all know it's coming. It is so coming. Um, yeah, and I think just being brave in the face of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be brave in the face of that. And accept this is what I need to do. Just, you know, whatever that looks like. Being involved or being brave at doing something like this. Um Letting go of the control. Letting go. This mm-hmm. is, yeah, this is not my jam, just so everybody knows. I mean, I tell a lot of jokes, but this is not my jam. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I, I, I fully expect there's going to be more wilderness, and it's, mm. you know, and that's okay. You know, I think it's just 
sitting back and just being calm in that, accepting right. it, and trying to keep our eyes focused on God. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of the challenge to honor people's wilderness. Mm-hmm. I think there's a in religious circles, we can be very judgmental of people who are going through a wilderness time, and we can say we can say, "Oh, it's because they were living in sin, or because God's they're getting their." You know, uh, you could say all these mm-hmm. things about other people's wilderness until you've walked through it yourself, and then there's just, I think, I think that sobers people up sometimes of like, oh, this isn't just for those lost, broken people out there, but that I myself am also needing these wilderness times and it's a kindness of God. So I think there's, I am always challenged to be really kind and careful when people are going through a wilderness. Um, I had a lot of people who gave me a lot of spiritual talk, a lot of um, God's going to work this out or just trying to keep me positive, trying to keep me happy. Um, and I wasn't happy. I didn't, I didn't, I needed people to be like, yeah, this is hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's really hard. Yeah. That was some of the most healing, helpful words for me was just someone being able to acknowledge this is hard and not be, not quickly jump to, because they were uncomfortable with it, saying things. And so I'm, I was just reminded of that again, honoring other people's journey. Beautiful analogy. I mean, just for somebody to come alongside you in your wilderness yeah. And maybe that's why we're being put through wilderness. You yeah. know, you have your own wilderness, like a, a property investment or a marriage that isn't working out so great. Or, you know, you've got health challenges with your child or, or whatever it could be, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, or just or health challenges, period. Just walking alongside of somebody and saying, you know, hey, I'm with you on this. And maybe God is using you as a vessel. I don't know. Yeah. The other thing, other times Christians do not do well, I would say also pastors is they offer shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Like let's get you out of this wilderness quick. Totally. You know, it is, or like, Hey, just, you know, instead of like actually asking the Lord, mm-hmm. show me, what are you doing in here? It's like, it, I mean, that's temptation number two, you know, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. Hey Jesus, why don't you just like throw yourself <laughs> off the temple here yeah. and yeah. bow to me and work you up you're all yeah. good you know it's just like no 11 days two years you know it could have been yeah but it's like not the case yeah mm-hmm. i'm kind of in that two-year camp yeah i'm a hard learner like i said mm-hmm. it takes me a long time to figure or the 38 out. 40 year oh could be that too yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure i was a 40 year that. one <laughs> yep that was the 40 year one for sure i don't know we might set a new record it'll be 80 year camp. Uh, yeah. 80 yeah. year yeah that's it i'm 40 years that's old. that's it i'm yeah. out yeah man can you imagine oh. let's, let's not Oof. yeah so what do you think is the invitation for our church I really think it's involvement um, for the for the body to step into the water boldly and to get involved to help create the streams that are coming into the church and they flow out from the church because I think it's it can be a two way thing I think. You can be part of that change, stirring the water, and I just I think that's super important. I think that I think that 
the body of the church being involved. And because I know we, when we first started coming five years ago, we were like, we're just going to check it out. We're going to sit <laughs> in the back. We're not going to get involved for a while. Let's just scope it out. And That's um, because of our last church. <laughs> well, our, our introverted selves also. So we're just yeah. like, let's just ease into this water, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not a girl that likes to like just jump in, like just jump in and get it over with. Oh, no. No, I like to prolong the suffering. So, <laughs> so you know, I... I think it's important to just get involved. I think it's it's huge, and uh, you know, be bold in that. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think people don't realize what's in it for them. As much as our society is, I hate to say, self-centered and focused on self so much these days, that's one area where they skip right over that. They look at church and go, "Oh no, I don't need to do that." But they're not realizing what's in it for them. Hmm. And having so many members that maybe aren't that active in the church is, it's sad, but it's, it's a human reaction that we just deal with and say, okay, Lord, let's, let's do something different or show us what we need to do to motivate these folks and make them realize the glory that's in that for them, mm-hmm. you know, for their lives and how that's going to af- impact their family and their children, their children's children and things like that, the legacy that's going to be built and, and demonstrated and mentored by them simply doing it and those kids seeing that and I guess being a father makes me think of that a lot is you know what is my son seeing in me mm. you know hear my words okay I'm doing you know I'm saying these things but what's dad really doing mm-hmm. you know and sometimes that speaks louder than the words so I think we and I don't know what this is doing for the church right now I think it's too early but I hope to see that happen that blossom that bloom that step of faith Let's get back into the water. Come yeah. on, we've been sitting on the sidelines too long, tipping our toe in a little bit. It's time to just step in mm-hmm. and, and, and see what this is all about again. You mm-hmm. know, and let, let, let God take, wash over me. I think for us, just since we've gotten more, okay, we're, we're going to get all in. We're in. We're going. We're going to jump in, and you know, we're in. We're in Barton Springs. It's in, and this is horrible. I mean, it really wasn't horrible to get involved, but I think that the ble- <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. Well, well, so what are you talking let's about? go ahead Barton and cut Springs? that out. Yeah, um, <laughs> we got all in, and it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> Join us. <laughs> just the um, just just the blessings that we have received just from being more involved, and the people we've met, and the just how we've grown Mm. like you know you think after coming here for five years like we're good you know peace out you know we're we're here for a couple hours on sunday and then we're going to just ease out and i think that just being here so much more it's just it's been really good for us i mean Mm. we've i i i think it's just amazing Mm -hmm. i mean Mm. truly Mm. so sweet what do you think brandon i think it's inviting us into um trust more than anything, to abandon Egypt completely mm. and to fully trust, mm-hmm. to not miss the opportunities just because of the giants in the land. I mean, that's immediately where I go to. The Lord's leading to the promised land, and the trust was there, the thing that made them go in or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where I'm like, let, I don't want to be a church that misses what the Lord is doing in the wilderness because he's leading to something and then to get to that something and then to be like no right you know and it's just like that's the part where i'm like okay i the lord leads into it so i'm like that's 
get to that place where like in Psalm 84, we were ended on, it's like turning the valley of Baca, the valley of suffering, the valley of wilderness, desert into springs, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was just like that, that's a choice in that. So it's like where you trust. So that, that would be the thing. It's like church, let's not collectively, let's go trusting what the Lord is doing. He's preparing us individually, corporately, our hearts as he's taking us into whatever's next. And when we start to taste and see what that is, continue to trust. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we have an amazing opportunity. I really do. And I think that, I think that if we can, you know, if, if folks will just invest the time and their hearts into the church, I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. I do. I know how it's changed us and it's just really, it's really been fruitful for, for us as a couple, Mm. as a family. Yeah, I think I remember times where we were saying, I just really don't know anybody at the church. We're coming on Sundays, and we're tithing, mm-hmm. we're just, we're not really plugged in. And it was just eating at us. God was eating at us. Get plugged in, get in, get in. And, you know, thank God for Bill and Rita coming and saying, you know, get in this re-engaged class with us. Come on, we know you guys. And <laughs> you know, you guys can lead this. And we were like, heck, no, we're no. not, no, what do we know? We're we're just married couple. We don't know anything. And, yeah, here we go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Been doing it about four times, going on our yeah. fifth one this spring. So. Yeah, mm. <laughs> here we go. Well, thank you guys so much for coming and for your transparency, just your honesty. I think it's so healing and powerful. So thank you You're and welcome. for your wisdom and yeah, thank you. curiosity and wonder as you're exploring what's next. You want more, and I think that hunger, right, that thirst is the thing you talk about over and over again, Brandon. Just do we thirst for more? Do we thirst for God? So maybe be a church that continues to thirst and hunger and thank you brandon Yeesh. and thank you all for listening and if you are currently in a wilderness just know that you are seen and loved and are not alone and um that you're in our thoughts and prayers and so this has been after the sermon podcast and we will talk to you next week <laughs>